Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Quotable. I'm Dutch. And I'm Morgan. And on this episode, we have a little, we're going to do something a little bit different. You know, it's getting around, we're uh, right around Halloween now. I think by the time this episode posts, it'll be October 30th. Yep. And this this time of year is my favorite time of year. I love Halloween. I love the month of October. Um, too bad I was born in June. I think I really missed a, missed a bullet on that one. So, but I mean, the only people to blame for that are my parents. So <laughs> they should have been horny nah. a few years later. Nah, I was uh, <laughs> I mean, a few months later. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, but I was, uh, nah, I mean, I love both my parents and, uh, but Halloween is my favorite time of year and I enjoy this time of year because basically the movies, I mean, everyone loves being scared. They just don't like to admit it. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say about that. No, I mean, I don't, it's, I'm weird when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like I never grew up liking scary movies. Yeah. Uh, But when it comes to going to places like Halloween Horror Nights or Hallow Scream at Busch Gardens where things are jumping out at you, that's never bothered me. I actually have fun with that. I always thought that was kind of weird. I mean, because you did tell me that. You're like, yeah, dude, like I don't really do scary movies. And, but then you're like, oh, yeah, no, I can go to like Hallow Scream and Halloween Horror Nights. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, that seems to me like it would be more terrifying. Yeah. I don't know. Than- <laughs> I'm, I'm wired different, I guess. But uh, I guess for me, it might have been because I was exposed to scary movies way too early. And I think it scarred me. Okay. One, there's no such thing. All right. As too early. Go on. (laughs) I must have been about six or seven years old. And our neighbor that lived up the street from me and my brother, he would invite us over and he'd put on either porn or nice (laughs) or like Nightmare on Elm Street. And I remember watching Nightmare on Elm Street when I was that young yeah and it gave me fucking nightmares i think uh i i mean my my horror uh experience came way earlier in life mm-hmm. than that uh you know being part of a generation x uh, i'm pretty sure that when i would go to bed i mean and the tv would be on like guys like freddy krueger and michael myers and jason Voorhees. like they were they were the ones putting me to bed that's fucked up so, man well i mean but look where i am now i have a podcast and a bed full of blood <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i i enjoy these movies and i like because in my experience what i want is i want to find like a scary movie where it's like when it's over i just want to be like well, i'm not going to bed tonight <laughs> but i can't find it anywhere and i think it's because i was exposed to horror movies at such a young age to where it's like, you know, I mean, I remember watching the original Friday the 13th and it scared the living hell out of me, man. Right. I mean, but I'm sitting here thinking because my aspect of horror was always like, ooh, that that actually could happen in real life. Yeah, and I think the stuff that seems more real is the is the stuff that really gets to me. Yeah. You know, like... I mean, you can't see someone like you know, Freddy Krueger or something and just be like, Oh, well that'll happen. Yeah. No, this guy's going to avenge people from beyond the grave only through dreams. What's weird is 
the older I've gotten, I can go back and watch the older horror movies. Like I can watch Friday the 13th or anything like right. that, you know, uh, and it doesn't bother me because we've advanced in technology so much that you can tell that it's not, you know, as realistic. Yeah. So I'm not convinced in my mind that this is actually happening. Whereas as a kid, it's like, that's even though I know it's a movie and it's not real, it's I'm perceiving it as such. Yeah. And it gave me anxiety. Yeah. So, I mean, this Halloween season, I've taken in quite a few, quite a few movies and, you know, I do post about them on my social media, at least the ones that I, I don't want to say that I feel are like prevalent, but throughout the month of October, I do try to watch a scary movie every single night. And well, I mean, I don't try. I do, but it is one of those where, you know, I, I do post about it because, you know, we talk about movies and everything. So I give my take on them. And some people have agreed with my takes. Some people don't. So and which, uh, you know, for the listeners who don't follow you on social media, what movies have you watched this month? Uh, let's say I've watched uh, Psycho 1 and 2. Um, and I, with Psycho, I like that kind of aspect of it. I mean, because like I said, that is a scary movie where you're like, oh shit, that could happen. That could happen, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's probably been reports of something like that happening. Maybe not someone going crazy and killing everyone that stays at their motel, but definitely someone that loses a loved one in their life and, you know, want and takes on that personality. Now, let me ask you without, you know, interrupting or digressing too much. Did you ever see the psycho that Vince Vaughn did? I did. What did you think of that? I, I particularly wasn't a fan and the reason I wasn't a fan of it was because... It was like a frame-by-frame frame remake. It was an exact frame-by-frame frame remake. There was only like maybe two or three lines in the movie, in the remake, that were different than the original. And it's because of, you know, advancements in technology or things like... Because in the, in the original Psycho in the 60s, it was, you know, you have Janet Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis's mom, her character steals $40,000 from a bank and goes on the run. Well, in the remake, it's like $120,000 that she steals. Which have been more realistic. For yeah, for that time era. Right. And then uh, one of my favorite lines in, in the original is uh, the private detective who goes and speaks to Norman Bates and he was like, well, you know what they say? If it's not gelling, then it ain't aspic. And nobody knows what that term means. Hell, I don't even know what that term means. What the hell? And then he was like, but it's funny. Cause he was like, yeah, if he's like, you know what they say? If it ain't gelling, then it ain't aspic. And then he was like, and this doesn't gel. So I'm just, <laughs> fuck me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's like saying, if it ain't gelling, it ain't puce. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so it's, I mean, but it's, I mean, as far as I know, I think Aspic was a town. No, kind of like a a jelly back in the 60s, like 50s and 60s. Well, shit, man. But now we have advancements like Smuckers. So, I mean, that might be, and I can't remember how he said it in the movie, but I've I've probably said something along those lines. Like, if it ain't gelling, then it ain't Smuckers. So that way people nowadays can get the reference and be like, ah, okay. That's what he's talking about. Ah, ah Marco. You got me. <laughs> but then Psycho 2, 
I like because it takes place 23 years later. So basically what it is, is Norman, who's been in kind of like a prison state mental institution, has been there for 23 years. So it's not like it takes place, you know, they did it like 23 years later, but it's just now taking place like, you know, two months after the original. So they kind of stuck to the storyline on that, which I thought, I mean, I thought it was very well done. And then it goes off into like Psycho 3 and then Psycho 4, which those I'm like, eh, no, no, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, other ones I've watched, and uh, I know that I've said it on previous episodes, is, and I've even said it uh, through my social, is, you know, I do enjoy watching the Halloween movies that like my kids can watch, you know, because I enjoy watching the movies with my children and everything. So I've done, uh, Disney has one called... Uh, Ichabod and Mr. Toad, like the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. So you have the first episode of it's the wind in the willows. And then the second episode is the legend of sleepy hollow. Uh, my youngest absolutely loved both of those, which is very odd that he's into that sort of thing. Yeah. Which I could tell at first he wasn't, but I mean, he does enjoy, it was like but a it's... part at the beginning when Mr. Toad's riding around on a horse in a carriage and something happens and someone tries to grab him and they pull his pants down. So my son thinks that's the funniest thing he's ever seen. No, of course. Yeah. I mean, so he likes fart jokes. Yeah. <laughs> anything to do with poop. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other day I watched, uh, the burbs, which I, lo- I love that movie. I know I, you've put it on many times when I'm over here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because it's a good solid go-to movie. And it's a movie that I'd never seen really prior to hanging out with you. Yeah. And my son, my younger son comes out and he was like, oh, dad, he's like, you're watching my favorite movie. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of them that he says that about, though. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good because I'm I'm glad that he appreciates movies as much as we seem to. Yeah. And and he does. I mean, you know, then of course there are some movies I can't watch around him. Like, uh, you know, I did The Lost Boys, which... I had totally forgot just how great of a movie Lost Boys is. I mean, because I never, you know, I watched it when I was younger in the 80s, but then it was kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, every year I would always watch AMC and they do their Fear Fest. And it and it's weird because it would always depend on when they started Fear Fest. Sometimes it would be like the last two weeks in October. Sometimes it would be the entire month. And then I think even one year they just didn't do it, which really got under my skin. And if they did do it, then it was like the last two days of October. And I was like, yeah, no, like you have to be better. And, but they, you know, sometimes they played older movies like, you know, uh, the thing from below or the creature from the black lagoon. Like they would play those, which are black and white movies, which I think that even when you have a black and white movie, that adds even to kind of like the fear of it, where it's just like, ooh, like, ah, it's creepy. Yeah. So, but, and like, you know, I come across something like last year I did White Zombie, which is an old movie from 1932. It stars uh, Bella Lugosi. And, you know, and I, I thought that the movie was done phenomenally. And the thing that you really appreciate about those movies is they were done back in the 20s and 30s. And a lot of them are only like an hour and two or three minutes long. But you had a backstory. You had a plot that built. And like 
the hero that saves the day in those movies. And you're just like, they could do it all in an hour. So why do directors now need two, two and a half hours to get all of that done? Wasn't there like, like the original, like Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead? Wasn't that black and white? Uh huh. I don't remember when. Yeah, that I think one it was like out. Night of the Living Dead, like the original. I think it yeah. came out in the early '60s, and I believe it was all done in black and white. And it may have even been earlier than the early '60s. That's possible. But it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, and I think that in those time frames, I mean, I think maybe just people, it was easier to scare people back then. It because, didn't take as much, yeah. Yeah, because it was, it's just one of those things that people aren't used to. But now you have to have CGI and you have to have special effects and everything. And it's just, it gets to a point where you're like, all right, come on, you're kind of overdoing it. And each new generation seems to be, oh, as much as I, it, they're pussified, but at the same time, they're desensitized to certain things. Yeah. Because... It's just everywhere now. Yeah. I mean, no one can, like, you know, you can watch the original Friday the 13th and be like, oh my God, like, ooh, like, man, that that actually could happen. And and it could just be one of those things where it was like, man, that scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is kind of like, okay, well, believable? Eh, possibly. Could it actually happen? Highly doubtful. You know, because what it is, is in the original, you find out that this young boy, Jason Voorhees, drowned in the lake, Camp Crystal Lake, because the the uh, people that worked at the summer camp, the counselors, they were too busy having sex. So they weren't paying attention to Jason. Jason got out in the middle of the lake, probably got swam out a little bit too far. And then you find out, yeah, guess what? Jason can't swim. So he drowns in the lake. But in the second one, they're like, yeah, well, they never found his body. So it's like, all right, so now you're in belief of, okay, well, this guy has been, this kid has just been living off of nature and whatever nature provides this whole time, and now he's a grown man. So he never actually drowned, but yeah. he wants to seek revenge on people who neglected him. Well, it's not even that people that knew, that neglected him, but it's kind of more like, you know, everyone's, in the second one, they make reference to, he probably saw his mom get killed in the first one. And that probably really screwed him up. And it's like, okay, now you're reaching still kind of believable, I guess. But I find it hard to believe that an eight year old boy drowned in a lake. And then I guess just made it to shore somehow and was like, well, this is my life now. I'm just going to start killing people. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to be here in the woods. I see. Forever. I, I have never really seen any of the, like the Friday the 13th movies. Yeah. So I don't really know the premise of it. I just know Jason and the mask. Yeah. And the machete, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know uh, really storyline or anything like that. I knew there was a lake involved, but just like, you know, Halloween. I don't really know the whole premise behind Halloween either. Yeah. And it's, it has never been my genre. I'll, I'll watch them now. Like I have no problem watching them now, which I probably need to do that. Um, uh, just so I can get myself caught up. But despite my, I don't want to say hate of the horror genre, I actually like Jason versus Freddy. Yeah. (laughs) Which is surprising for me. I think I saw that in the theater, actually. Yeah. And I mean, and it's one of those things where it's like, you know, when it comes to Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's one of those. um, I mean, that's one of those movies where you're like, eventually it was going to be done. 
I mean, eventually, <laughs> yeah, eventually someone was going to go, okay, we have to take two of the most well-known horror icons of the world and we have to put them together against each other. Just like they did with Alien versus Predator, which right. is another movie that I enjoy. Yeah. I mean, and I enjoy each one separate. Separately, like I enjoy yeah. Predator. I really enjoy Predator and I enjoy Alien. But you weren't a fan of the two combined? No, I mean, I was because it's like you said, you know, I mean, both of those are technically more sci-fi movies. So you have two icons in sci-fi that, I mean, eventually they have to meet. And I do like the backstory that they gave was that, you know, aliens have been coming to this. Predators and aliens have been coming to Earth for centuries. And it's been the Predator's job to defeat the aliens every single time. Sometimes they fail. So I like how they build that story. And I like how they kind of make the Predators seem like they're not there to do bad. Yeah. And even even the whole Predator genre, you know, that whole series, it's about adolescent, that specific race of alien. Yeah. It's like a rite of passage. Yeah. They're coming into adulthood and they need to come to Earth and hunt humans as a rite of passage to become an adult, an adult. So it's not like correct. They're not doing it to be assholes. Yeah. And so I kind of like how they, they did that twist to make it seem like, well, they're not bad necessarily. Right. It's just, that's how they grow up, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, and then going off on other movies, uh, let's see. Like, I know you watched Annabelle. Yes, I did do seeing that. I do. Uh, I mean, I, and I kind of did like the little conjuring thing where it was like, you know, I did the nun and I didn't want to devote an entire, like my entirety of October to just the conjuring and that storyline because I did the nun, I did Annabelle, I did the conjuring. Those are all related. Those are all related in the same world. I never knew that. Yeah. See, and I didn't really know that either until, I started doing this where I was like, oh man. And there's like seven movies total. And I was like, okay, I cannot dedicate seven movies to just the conjuring. Well, sir. (laughs) (laughs) But, and then it's weird because like the next week I devoted an entire week to vampires. So, I mean, I guess I could have went through all those movies, but at the same time, I'm like, "Eh, I don't really know if I want to do that. Well, I mean, you got to switch it up. Yeah. Keep keep it fresh. Yeah. And like, and then, uh, you know, like, and then vampires, like I, I did John Carpenter's vampires, which is one of my favorite movies because I mean, one, the lines in it, it's got James Woods, uh, Daniel Baldwin and it, and they, their camaraderie on screen is phenomenal. I mean, it is epic. It seems like this is probably the first and only time that these two have ever worked together on screen. But it's almost like you could see them being best friends in real life. Like that's how good their 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 camaraderie was. They probably hated each other. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Most likely, probably. Because I mean, Daniel Baldwin, you know, not the best well known Baldwin. He's not but one he's of still the, Baldwin. He's not one of the better Baldwins. Yeah. But then you have James Woods, who has been around for five or six decades. Now, at that point, you know, I mean, this was a late 90s movie. He had been around for, you know, 20 years and very well-known, very established. And the man made a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of funny because when I watched it 
uh, a few weeks ago. I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, why in the hell would James Woods do this movie? Like, but then I forgot. Like, he's done other horror movies as well. So I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, sure, he's kind of a fan of the genre and everything. Because I've always seen, pictured him more as like an action type of guy. But he's actually, he has a lot of funny lines in vampires. Daniel Baldwin has a lot of funny lines in vampires. Like right at the beginning, they're hunting a house and they're pulling vampires out uh, during the daylight. So they just fry up and burn. And there's a priest right there who blesses the souls of the the vampires that died because, you know, they probably didn't want to be vampires. Right. So um, I just like it because, you know, Daniel Baldwin, he comes up and always grabs the skulls and puts them on the hood of the car. But he looks at the priest and he's holding the skull like he picks it up with his knife and he's holding it up and he's like, nothing like a little head. Hey, Padre. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just like little things like that where it's kind of like, you know, at least it breaks the tension a little bit. Yeah, and I like when movies that are in a darker genre can do that. You know, yeah, just the comic relief, right? that kind of thing. Because, you know, some of them you're sitting on the edge of your seat. Hell, I remember... Watching one of the first, uh, oh, what the hell is it? Resident Evil? I think it was the original Resident Evil right. movie, and that one had me at the edge of my seat. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know what it was about the way that they did that movie, but it's like Jesus. Yeah, and it was just nonstop, and was like you didn't get really any comic relief. I'm yeah, like, and see, fuck. and it's funny you could watch it now and just be like, yeah, that's how that's how Corona started. That's it. That's how. That's, like, oh man. Um, there are other, other movies that I've watched, you know, uh, going to another vampire movie. I, you know, I did have to have some really good comic relief in it. Um, I watched Dracula dead and loving it, which is a Mel Brooks parody off of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, and it stars Leslie Nielsen and everything. So it's just a spoof movie that is hysterical from beginning to end. And I know I've seen that movie. It's just been so long. I don't remember anything about it yeah (laughs) um the one i watched uh and actually just uh did a review on is a movie called i see you and it's not it's about a hospital it's not the well it's not the letter i it's like your eyeball like i see you yeah i was making a joke um it's got a sylvester stallone chris christopherson robert patrick uh sean patrick flannery um I mean, just this Charles S. Dutton. It's just a huge slew of really well-known characters. So it's kind of surprising that, like, I've a lot of the people that I've told about this movie, they're like, I've never heard of it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think a lot of people, I didn't hear about it until, like, maybe six years ago, seven years ago. When did this come out? I want to say it was, like, early 2000s, like, maybe Maybe not early 2000s, but uh, like maybe 9, 10, 11, like somewhere in there. But it's really well done. I mean, it's about a serial killer who's just, he kills cops. And it's Sylvester Stallone's job to try and find the serial killer. Well, you know, uh, his girlfriend ends up getting killed by the serial killer. So he goes down this rabbit, like spiraling downwards with alcohol and just self abuse. And he goes to a, like a secluded cabin in Wyoming or something for, and it's strictly for police officers that have addictions. And 
the serial killer ends up there and starts killing all the cops that are that are in this and it's it's well done it has you know tense very tense moments in it but i mean it's it's just one of those movies where i'm like man i'm glad i gave this one a shot yeah and then there are other movies i haven't really done this year but uh i mean like there's a movie called the alphabet killer it's got eliza dushku in it timothy hutton i mean that that movie's phenomenal based on true events. So those are the ones that I'm like, okay, like, Ooh, like you could watch it and just be like, ah, I don't see what the hubbub's about. But then at the same time, it's like, Oh yeah, but this actually like happened. And then you could be like, Ooh, like that makes it creepier. And then there's another movie that just came out recently with uh, Bruce Willis and Megan Fox. And it's about a guy who went around murdering prostitutes and it was horrible. <laughs> it's just awful. See, but it, I mean, it makes me wonder, like, you know, and Bruce Willis, man, God, I feel bad. I feel bad about that whole thing. And I think, and he didn't really have that many scenes yeah, or even lines in this movie. And I think it's because of his mental health degradation. Yeah. Because I think they kept it a secret for quite a while, which is probably something that they shouldn't have done. Jesus Christ. Honestly, I don't even know what that is. Sounds like a trash truck. I'm not even. Trash truck. It is a trash truck. I'm not even fucking calls it a trash truck. I mean, but I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like it's Saturday. I mean, they shouldn't be here today. So that's kind of a wait. It is Saturday, right? Yes. Okay. I'm just making sure I'm not late for work because that would be embarrassing. That would be (laughs) the, uh, so, and I'm late for work too then. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, no, like some of these movies, um, Well, that's obnoxious. It's okay. We'll wait. I know, which is weird because the guy showed up Thursday and dumped. So I was like, oh, well, he's not going to dump Friday. And I was like, he won't dump again until Monday. So I don't know why he's here. Like I said, I don't know why he's here on Saturday. He's That's crazy. He's picking up the dead bodies. Must be. From the dumpster. <laughs> he has to be. <laughs> well. Sounds like he's dumping both. It's weird. This episode took a turn for the worst. Well, go on. It'll just add <laughs> ambience to the episode, I guess. Um, yeah, but there, I mean, there are a ton of movies out there. And like, I, you know, going back to what I was saying at the very beginning of this episode is, you know, I think that people, they don't like to admit it, but I mean, people enjoy being scared. I think it adds to just the essence of life, you know, because reminds you that you're alive. Yeah, I mean, it is it is a thrill to be like, ooh, like man, damn, that's creepy. Like the original Halloween. I mean, John Carpenter did that and he did a phenomenal job with it. And when I read about everything that took place for, to film that movie, like they filmed it going from spring to summer, but it's a fall movie. Like it takes place obviously on Halloween. And what I find fantastic is like, there's a lot of leaves that have changed colors and everything. They had all those leaves flown in to decorate the streets and everything to make it, to give it more of a fall feel. But where are they flying them in from? If it's spring everywhere else in the, in the world, <laughs> probably Canada. <laughs> That's possible. Yeah. But, and then there are other things that you notice, like in the backgrounds, like you see palm trees, but it's supposed to take place in Illinois, but they filmed it in California. Just like they do most 
everything else. Yeah. So, I mean, just because obviously it was cheaper to film there instead of going to Illinois and having to get rights and everything. And it's just so they, I mean, but the way they did it is, it's phenomenal. I mean, the way that this movie was shot and you find out all the things in the background where you're like, wow, that's, that's kind of awesome that they did that. Just, and, I don't know why this just reminded me of, uh, it was Austin Powers. I think it was the third one. And he's like, and it's weird how in no way this looks like Southern California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one of the things that I, I read about recently and I didn't know, I, I mean, I haven't known this my entire life until three weeks ago is Halloween. That was supposed to just be a one-off movie. Really? Yeah. And how John Carpenter wanted it done was he wanted to do Halloween with Michael Myers. Then the next year it was going to be Halloween, but with a totally different preference like something completely different. He was, I think he had in, in mind to do four or five movies like that. But with a different main antagonist. Yeah. That's why people out there, they're like Halloween three season of the witch. Michael Myers is not in that at all. And I've always sat there and said, I hate this movie. But now that I know what I know about it, I'm like, Oh no, actually that's, it's a really good movie. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, and what it is is it takes place around Halloween and the Silver Shamrock Company, they put out Halloween masks and they have a promo that's going to play on Halloween night and everyone's always like, oh, you know, make sure you have your mask on and make sure to turn to this channel so you can watch this promo that we have. Well, the mask, the promo activates something in the mask that kills like everyone. So it's just like, wow. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's, but that's, how John Carpenter wanted it. He wanted it to be like every, every Halloween, it was going to be Halloween too, but without Michael Myers, it was going to be with something else just as deadly. That's interesting, man. Yeah. But you know, it did so well, obviously producers and executives are going to be like, no, we're going to, we're going to keep going with this. But then you get to a point where it's like, okay, you've gone too far. Like, you know, I mean, God, go back to Friday the 13th. You have Jason X, Jason in space. It's like, what? Why? Why? How? Yeah. Who cares? He's not an astronaut. <laughs> I mean, which it turns out it's, you know, they call it Jason X, but it's Jason 10. It's the 10th Friday the 13th movie that they've done. It's just like, my God, man. Like, come on, cut the cord at some so, point. Because at some point you're just going to be like, well, I'm just watching it because I have to finish the series. Beating a dead horse, man. But yeah, um, in my experience, it takes something different or I guess special to get me to want to watch one of these films, especially if I'm going to go watch it in the theater. And in my experience, it's been things like, like resident evil. I liked it because it's based on a video game. Right. Uh, even though I never played the video game, I liked the thought of a movie, you know, spurring from a video game series. So I, you know, I wanted to see it for that reason. Um, I went and saw Amityville Horror, the remake with Ryan Reynolds, just because it's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Like, and I wanted to see how he would do in this genre because, you know, he's typically in the comedies. Yeah. And so I would go and see things like that. Uh, What's the other one? The Blair Witch Project. 
Yeah, which in all honesty, like the Blair Witch Project, I thought that that was incredibly well done. And I've gone on record to say this quite, quite a bit is what they should have done with the Blair Witch Project is got three people that did not want to be in entertainment, that did not want to be actors, and nobody would ever see him again. Like that would be, that to me would have been way better. Especially if they used fake names. Yeah, I mean, because you have, you know, these three people that are doing a documentary on the Blair Witch. So they're out in the woods and, you know, they get lost. They're walking around for days and days and days and they're, you know, they start disappearing one at a time. And, but it's one of those things where it's like the week the movie came out, these three actors, they're on Jay Leno, they're on David Letterman, they're promoting their movie, which obviously you want to do. But at the same time, to add to that mystique and everything, it should have been, you know, and they, uh, the production did a phenomenal job. I mean, they put out missing posters and everything before the movie came out. So it's one of those things where it's like they should have got people that didn't want to be in Hollywood. Yeah. And the second one, I'm pretty sure I did see the second one and it was just was not, it's not the same. Yeah. The only, the only other movie that I felt kind of, touched that you know same feeling was paranormal activity yeah the original i don't think i've they made more right yeah i think the last one i saw at least advertised was like paranormal activity like four or five i've only seen the first one yeah me too and it's but it's just one of those things where it's like you know i uh, you got this house that's haunted and there's things happening but then you got like the husband who's sitting there and he was like well let's do this to try and aggravate the ghost yeah. It's like, okay. Really? Like one, all right, I can't believe believe you now. Like, And honestly, whatever happens to you, I, I don't feel sorry for you. So there's movies that are just really suspenseful, edge of your seat. Yeah. And stuff like that I'm not really a big fan of. The jump scares, that doesn't bother me. But something about like Blair Witch and Paranormal Activity, the original, it's like, you're watching like a home video, yeah. like a camcorder, and it's like it kind of sucks you in and makes you feel like this is not this big production. Right. It's believable, and it gives you kind of like the goosebumps. And like that stuff, I enjoy that for some reason. Yeah. That doesn't bother me. It's scary, but it's more like the jump scare. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I enjoyed the stuff like that. Stuff that's super gory. I'm not really into. Yeah. And I mean, and honestly tell you the truth, because a lot of people sit there, like I've had conversations with people and they're like, ah, I mean, God, you know, it's, I love this movie. And then I'm sitting there like, yeah, but you don't need to see like all that blood and guts and everything. I mean, you know, like saw like, yeah, why? Yeah. I mean, you don't need to see all that. I mean, it doesn't really do anything like it doesn't add to the, like to the, I mean, it adds to the suspense, I guess. But at the same time, you're just like, it's just gross. For the okay, sake of like, being come gross. on, like, yeah. Somebody get a mop already. Yeah, but like, there are action movies where it's tons of blood and everything like that. Yeah, that doesn't bother me because it's not like you're sawing off your leg to escape this thing. Yeah. You know? So, and even the first Saw movie, I mean, there wasn't a lot of blood or guts or anything in that. I mean, so that's why I thought like the original saw was very well done. I thought there was. Nah, nah. I mean, it wasn't too terrible. 
but then you get into like saw six and saw seven and you're just like come on like really <laughs> okay how do you find yourself in these positions so and then uh yeah i mean it's and i think in all honesty what i really enjoy about that is you know just lead a better life yeah so <laughs> and then you won't end up like a saw character pretty much yeah and, and it's been so long since i've seen the original saw i think that's the only one i've ever seen and it was that was enough one and done yep. i always say <laughs> i said that once that and then uh i mean other movies like you know the ninth gate i love the ninth gate i can i can watch that any time of year it doesn't necessarily have to be halloween the ninth gate was good yeah and it's because and i mean i'm not gonna lie like i mean i, I like johnny depp i love john i love everything he's done i've watched everything that he's done but he did this movie uh, he plays a book investigator and he's trying to track down a book to find out if it's authentic for someone. But the book is in essence kind of like a guide on how to bring the devil back. So it's kind of one of those movies where it's like, okay, you know, falls in the horror genre. But then again, at the same time, Johnny Depp, I find him to be just incredibly funny. If you ever watch interviews with him, He's hysterical, like when he's on Dave Letterman or he's on Jay Leno. You know, like I remember one interview. I can't remember what movie he was promoting, but they were, oh, you know, what did you, when they're like, what did you think of the movie? And it's a movie that he starred in. And he was like, I don't know. I haven't seen it. And they're like, what? You haven't seen it? He's like, no, no. He was like, you know, uh, the director yells cut, he yells rap. And then uh, as far as I'm concerned, my job's done. I go on living my life. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, I think a lot of celebrities are like that. Like, especially like the method actors. I think Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio, I don't think he watches his movies either. Yeah. And then, uh, but I mean, other things that Johnny Depp has said, like there's one where they were talking about uh, like his childhood and he was like, well, you know, my mom practically raised me. She was a single mother. He was like, so when we had to talk about the birds and the bees, she didn't know how to relate it to a boy. He was like, so uh, I didn't really know what to expect during puberty. And he was like, I don't know. I may still be going through puberty. <laughs> like, I have no clue. But he does bring a comedic aspect to a horror movie. Uh, it's essentially about the devil. But the when I've seen interviews with him, it's like he is funny, but you hardly see him laugh himself. Yeah. So it's like he seems like he's really fucking depressed or something. Yeah. I, I don't mean. know. And maybe it's just... If he laughed, maybe others wouldn't wouldn't perceive it as funny. Yeah. But then again, there are comedians that laugh while they're doing stand-up, and I think that's hysterical. Yeah. I mean, uh, dude, and that, I think that's what makes, makes guys like Kevin Hart so much funnier. Yes. is because whenever he's doing his stand-up, I mean, just how much he starts laughing. Because, I mean, you know, you and I were talking about it yesterday. Positivity breeds positivity. And laughter is going to create more laughter. And I think that's why we enjoy comedies as much as we do, because, you know, when we quote, when we're not recording a podcast, we can mix quotes from multiple movies and it always makes for a good laugh. And yeah. Dude, we we crack each other up all yeah. the time. And I mean, and I do quote from, you know, horror movies as well, but it's a horror movie that has a funny part. Like one of my favorite quotes from The Ninth Gate is Boris Balkin, who sits there and like he gives this priceless book to Johnny Depp and he's like, here, I need you to go and research this book. And he was like, well, something must be wrong with it if you're letting it out of your, out of your sight. And Boris Balkan, without missing a beat, he was like, oh no. He was like, 
nothing's more trustworthy than a man whose loyalty can be bought for hard cash. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about yeah, that. Yeah, I love that line though. It, and I use it all the time. I mean, I don't care who you are. I don't care what job you're doing, what your career is. You are going to be chasing that almighty dollar because you know you want to better yourself. You want to better your career. You want to better your life. And you know, you work hard, then yeah, you deserve it. And some people will argue that money isn't everything. Yeah. Are you kidding? In this economy? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and that's, I mean, not to go off too much longer, but I mean, that's why I enjoy horror movies. I mean, because it does give you a sense and you could probably sit there and look at some horror movies and be like, <laughs> dang, darn, at least I'm not in that position. Yeah. Some of them you leave not feeling good. Yeah. You know, because it's not a happy ending. Right. And they just cut it off and you're like, well, fuck. Yeah. You know, it's like you you almost need something to redeem that feeling. Yeah. Like, I, I, all right. I need something to feel good now. Yeah. Let's go watch uh, an Adam Sandler flick or something. Yeah. Which is, that's kind of how I felt when, uh, when I saw, um, the grudge, like the way it ended, I was just kind of like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I know. And it's like, I mean, as I was leaving the theater, I'm like, I need closure. Something's not sitting right with me. Yep. <laughs> like, this doesn't make sense. All right. Going to the bar. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but it's like things like that. I mean, and there are other things that, you know, I enjoy about horror movies. Like I said, the, I think the ones that I enjoy the most are the ones where it's like, oh shit, that could happen in real life. Like, fuck me. And because you, I don't want to say I live with that fear every day, but it's one of those things where it's like, Ooh, I don't know. It's like, you know, you start a new job and you, you're looking around, around the office at everyone. And you're like, all right, which one of these people is a homicidal maniac? Like, yeah. You never know. It could be I've anyone. Seen the, yeah. Like I've seen this movie before. I mean, look at Jeffrey Dahmer. Exactly. Yeah. He was a super normal acting dude, but he was just nuts. Yeah. So, but it's just one of those things where it's like, man. All right. In closing, favorite horror movie and least favorite. Oh man. Least favorite. Um, I watched one and, uh, this was, <laughs> it was so terrible that I can't even remember the name of it, but toxic it, crusader. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> no, it was a, it's a movie that it's weird. Cause it actually takes place at a real place and it's called like the, the mile Island or something like that. And, uh, it's in one, like one of the lakes in Michigan and it's a mile off the inland. You have to take a boat to get there, but it's a bar that's out in the middle of this lake that has phenomenal food and everything. But like the story goes that, you know, this guy that owned it back in the twenties, like he would let Al Capone come to this Island and everything and just hang out because it was, since it was a mile offshore, you would be able to see that far away. If the police were coming, he could get on a boat and escape. So he enjoyed being there, uh, loses the Island in a card game, kills himself. And then his ghost kills the new owner and their spirits like haunt the Island. And it's one of those ones where it's like, you know, it has a good plot, but they didn't have the money for CGI or anything. And they just did the best with what they could. 
and it was absolutely terrible. <laughs> um, and th- those kind of movies, I don't, I don't particularly care for anyways. Like especially, I mean, I have come across like no name movies before. Like I said, you know, I see you never heard of it, but it had Sylvester Stallone. So I'm like, well, I'm going to watch it because I love Sylvester Stallone. And it turned out being a phenomenal movie. So at least if you're going to do a shitty movie, have at least one big name in right, it right. to draw people in. Um, my favorite scary movie of all time. Uh, I mean, I have to stick with my, with my boy, Michael Myers, Halloween. So those, those there, I mean, I did like the, uh, Rob Zombie remake of Halloween. I thought that was pretty good, but I think, uh, and Rob Zombie even came out and said, he was like, no, this is going to be a one and done. That's it. And then of course, someone probably like backed up a dump truck full of money and dropped it at his doorstep. And he was like, okay, I'll do number two. So, but if I had to, because it's not my favorite genre, it's it's kind of hard for me to pick a favorite, but one of them that really stands out as one of the most memorable is misery. Oh yeah. See, and that like, to me, that gives me the willies because it's like, yeah, could happen. Yeah. Could happen very easily. Yeah. Kathy Bates did a phenomenal job. Oh God. Did she ever in, in that movie? And I mean, and then you got, Ah, uh, what the hell is his name? James Caan? Yeah, James Caan. I, I yeah. said Michael Caine. I'm like, no, it's not Michael Caine. <laughs> but no, it's 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 weird because he was kind of a writer in the movie Elf, too. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I know this. I know this storyline. I know how this movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, least favorite, and it's just because it literally gave me a panic attack in the middle of watching it, and I had to walk away. The Hills Have Eyes. Oh yeah, dude, that is that one. Oof. That one fucked me up. Yeah, bad. So I I hate that. But one. it is one of those ones where it's like that could, could happen. happen. <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Which is why I refused to drive through West Virginia, mm-hmm. even though this took place in like Nevada or something. Yeah, probably <laughs> something along those lines. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, we wanted to do an episode just to talk about just because this time of year. You know, it doesn't have to be one single movie specific, but, you know, yeah, movies that we would typically want to watch around this time of year, you know, even if they're not super scary, I do enjoy the, the family friendly Halloween movies Yeah, that are more, I guess, feel good because, you know, they're guaranteed to have a happy ending. Right. Kind of thing. But uh, hope you guys enjoyed, you know, just letting us ramble on and on about yeah <laughs> about multiple movies uh, and uh i mean if anybody has any recommendations for us i mean you know hit us up on the dms you know if you're looking to follow us on social media you know just reach out to uh at quotable at quotable podcast on instagram and at podcast quotable on twitter because at x now what? it's x what yeah what the hell happened yeah it's formerly known as twitter Oh yeah, that's oh that. I thought you were talking about the screen name change. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll we check our DMs like every couple of months. I think. Yeah. <laughs> At best. <laughs> um, but that there, I mean, you know, just hit us up, and I mean, if you have recommendations for us, or uh, you know, want to hear us do a specific movie or anything, I mean, let us know. We enjoy doing this. Yeah. This kind of stuff. And there is usually a question on if you're listening on Spotify that you can ask you know, answer questions. So some of our episodes have actual polls. Some of them are just, you know, 
what did you like best about this episode? So we would look forward to hearing your feedback and everything. But uh, we appreciate the support that everybody's given us so far. Um, I know we don't have a mass audience, but, you know, word of mouth is the best uh, way to spread the word here. Yep. And uh, but thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed this season of episodes. Yep. And uh, for November, I don't think we're going to do anything seasonal. I think it'll be just uh, back to the regular stuff until December. I think it'll be back to the regular stuff. But uh, I mean, there is a Thanksgiving movie that I think you and I could do. I won't give anything away. We'll just talk about it off air. Okay. So. All right. Looking forward to that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks again, everybody. And until next time. Quotable Quotable Podcast, Podcast. out. out.